0: He talked a little bit about um, the show, House of Cards. Any of you watch it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll tell you this r- real story about it. Right? So before they are making the show, like a year before, my staff keeps coming in and says, "Kevin Spacey wants to come see you because he's got to play his character." I'm thinking, "I'm not going to be portrayed very well. I don't mm-hmm. need to do that." Right? They keep coming back. You don't want to do I don't want to do it. So. I so, all right, let's do it one day. And I, I set it up like, right after last votes, so and I'm going to have to go home. And they had told me that he was going to play Democrats. So I said, okay, I'll meet with him. That's all right, because it won't be me. Right? So he comes in, and I really like Kevin Sturgeon, all right So he comes in and sits down. We're not philosophically the same. But the thing I admired most about this guy, if he was making $100 a week, he'd still be an actor. He's doing what he loves, right? So he has all these ideas, you know, what Congress is like, and we're just talking, and I give a tour, and we talk for a long time. He said, well, what do you tell them? I said, I don't. You vote your country. You vote your district. You just don't surprise them, right? So we we, we end up spending, like, two hours together, and then (coughs) about a month later, he he wants to know if he could uh, come see me. I said, all right, I'll bring you to a whip meeting. And uh, so he comes into a whip meeting and looks in, watches everybody, and he's kind of wondering, and then I, I said, "Well, what do you got for dinner? You want to go to a young guns dinner too? I'll take you to dinner." I said, well, "We got to go vote first. So I take him back into the cloakroom. I said, "Wait here. I got to go vote." He goes, "All right, but vote your conscience. Vote your district." <laughs> 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 so I looked at him and said, "Are you going to use that?" And he ends up using it in the show. Right? <laughs> so um, we 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 become um, good friends. And um, truth but known, you know, we were on the floor the other day, and I was with of once, and um, they all watched the show and they were giving me a hard time, and I said, you know what, really? If this was like that show, and I just killed one member, how much, it, how easy would it be? It
1: would be easy to go through the process. But,
0: um, but you know, I, I bike in the morning. The only time I don't bike is if you would bike. This, this is the day. <laughs> it's a big deal if I give up biking my office. So but camp, I said, I a bunch of us go biking, so. Um, Kevin calls me one day and says, like, oh, I want to go biking. All right. So he, he he was biking with us the other day, seeing seeing like he, he, he stayed up with us pretty well. And then his detail there, and I I won't I won't give you what the new season he grows into a uh, job. And his detail comes in the other day because they want to hang out with my detail that's And he walks in and he goes, This looks just like the set. I, said, I know, and I got no proceeds from all yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but, He does things in the show that whip never does. Uh, But but they're all nice people. So let me give you quickly a little bit about policy in life, a little bit about the fun of the job, and what I see the perspective of. Now, many of you read uh, different things that are happening. You think this whole world is broken. Right? You feel it? You see it? I'll tell you, inside baseball, I feel better about where we are today than any time two years ago. And this is why. And there's a couple lessons learned. We can always learn going in the process. We've just been in the majority for a while and we got in. Um, if you take the first three months of this year, if you take how we ended, Lamar will tell you. When we ended in the fiscal cliff, we, we were really broken. Regardless of how you felt about the outcome, internally the conference was broken. We're all mad at each other. We tried the time of the election and swearing in, we said we felt like you served a whole nother term. It was an interesting. I feel sorry for the freshmen coming in because we felt like it's like you're moving mid-year into the school year. We were already there, we were already frustrated, we're already fighting. But when we went away on a retreat, I really think we united. And the thing that united us was looking at the schedule and putting some funds in Because we knew the next three months we had a sequester, a debt ceiling, and a ceiling. But we also knew the sequester was going to hit at the same time as the debt ceiling. We thought we're going to walk into one more trap, which is going to be about taxes. How can we get out of it? Our only way to get out of it was actually change the scheduling of what was there, change the sequence. So we're going to have to move the debt ceiling. You all know the vote for the debt ceiling is very tough when you know one side's going to have to carry you weight. and it's just Republicans. We got together, we said, well, why don't we move the debt ceiling for no budget, no pay? Mike's been in our caucus. You know. Mem- members don't. Just for that, why-, why would you do that? Because it was part of an overall strategy. Why don't we force the Senate finally to do a budget? We were frustrated with the last two years. All these bills <coughs> we passed, Keystone, medical device tax, they just sit there and they never get to see the light of day, and we get blamed somehow. We produce product and the Senate does nothing, we get blamed. The Senate never did, did a budget. Did you realize last time the Senate did a budget, the iPad wasn't introduced? That's how long it's been. The world changes rapidly, and they have not done this. So we moved it for that purpose, thinking it would be, we wouldn't want to be a jerk on it. Let's not move it to April 15th. Let's move it sometime in May. But when we did it, the Senate didn't do a budget, right? They did have to have voter on We do know that 17 Democrats will support Keystone. We do know we get 17 to 72 votes on medical device tax. You know what, if you have the light of day, transparency actually works. So by changing that, you know, sequester is not what we requested. This was the president's idea. And I think the most ironic thing is the president releasing his veto threat over us crafting a proposed bill to what the law says the number is. What's amazing to me is this guy signs a law, a BCA, that says what the numbers be, and now he's gonna threaten a veto if you pass it and buy it by the law. It's just so ironic. Right? So, then we go into sequester, and now we're coming down all within the same month the CR. Now, if there's any time for government to shut down, it's really going to be in the CR. So, what did the House do? We passed, and we didn't get crazy. Right? So, Reed comes to us and says, just make it very clean. And Reed's idea is why very clean. He doesn't want to make it confusing, but he also wants the leverage. Sequester to make it tougher on the military. And we say, I say, no, I'm not going to pass up the I want to add something to it. So what do the probes do? They do MilCon VA. Give a little more flexibility to the military. We ship it over. Why did we pick those two? Because those have been conference, which in the big picture, life is nothing, but in the small world here, that hasn't happened in years. So we send that to the Senate knowing that the Senate can add something to it. Now here's the play and here's why you look at the world's being better. The Senate gets pressured by the President to add Obamacare, stuff, to make it political, you know, let, let's make everything a political fight. They do not go there. They go add other approach bills that have all been conferenced. <coughs> Send it back and we <coughs> fund government to the end of the year. No debt clock on TV, no big fanfare, but lessons learned in the process. And what are those modeling? The House has to go first. We're not crazy, but we put our philosophical bent on it. We know that we give leeway, that the Senate can add things that they want, but it's going to all be conference, so it's going to be worked out, so both are going to have a say, and you're going to ignore the president. That will work out. (laughs) I believe we're going to get immigration reform. Why? Because it's going to meet much of that criteria. Everybody's ignoring the president and we're actually working out ourselves. Now, if there's anything to learn from it, if you give us the ability to legislate, we'll do it. We don't fraud us, we want to legislate. And what is it? The senators want to legislate, too. Would you put everything else in the mix, it'll break. I'm a firm believer we're going to get that. You may all laugh at me and all think well, but when you sit down and listen to members, it's the one thing they get excited about. When you read, I don't, I don't assume any of you read the, the LA Times, right? But they have a story out today. UCLA has the Anderson School of Business. And their forecast is actually very good. You know what the UCLA forecast comes out today? It's not a recovery. It's not even normal growth. It's bad. The problem is this new norm. Normally, when you go down, hit a recession, you bounce back up. The other challenge we have coming right now, which is ironic to me about this president, the Democrats enhance the challenge and the problem when it comes to student loans. And when you want to look at debt and others, the combination of student loans is almost a debt of trillion dollars. What's it back to? All right? When we did Obamacare, they wiped out all private sector student loans. When they took the majority, they did their 6 in 06, we warned them of the problem. So now here it comes one more time to double what the house did. The house didn't sit back. We acted. We tied it to a typical treasury bond because the average will bond pays off. It's actually in the president's budget. Then he comes out and criticizes. They continue to create a problem, but when we go to try to solve it, they don't look. He'll try to pick a fight with this, but here we are not waiting to the end of the day. And this is this is. A, a frustration that I have. I've come to the belief that no person should be president without being the governor first. No, it's true, right? What does a governor do? They pick a cabinet, they can't print more money, they have to carry out agencies they didn't create their own mind, and they have to focus on what they're doing, right? They have to make a decision on a bill at the end of the day, and they got to put people together. It is the best form of training group. And no disrespect for the current president, but I can tell you, I'm a firm believer in divided government we achieve big things. Reagan, and Tip O'Neill, and Ross and ways and means had all the power, right? And what they do, they reform the tax I'll tell you this little story. Now, I see tech people here. I'm a big believer in tech. <coughs> uh, I do all my own social media, so when, when you read it, uh, and my daughter teaches me Instagram. Okay, and this is before the last election. And this article comes out and it rates five best politicians on Instagram. And it rates me number one, right? But I only have 65 followers. (laughs) (laughs) You know who's number two? The president. He has more than a million. And then picture on the picture, I think, I've got to pick my game up here, right? (laughs) So it goes to the anonymous. Yes, it's not who I voted for, but I celebrate our constitution. I go to the anonymous. And you know what? I get kind of excited, right? Because I'm the whip, Eric and John, they got to go down the White House. I get to be the first member to walk out. And I get to sit with the Supreme Court. Now, look, if you get a kid from Bakersfield, the only time I see a judge is when I stand <laughs> 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 So I'm in the third row, and they have all the Supreme Court in front of me. And I want to get these people in the rows, and you've got some leaders, and all the in front of me. What do they say to one another? they like, this whole stuff. Kingsford. She reaches over, she says something to Thomas right at the very beginning. So, I'm just going to listen, right? What this? So she means it and she says, doesn't Michelle's haircut look so nice? <laughs> 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 so I pull out my
1: iPhone and I think this is
0: a great place to take pictures. I'll be you president one more time. So I'm staffing some photos at that time. And, you know, look, kid from Bakersfield, if you invite me somewhere, I assume you're not inviting me back, so I steal anything. Else. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the end of it. You know, they give you blankets. And I have Justice Kagan. She's now my new email friend. And she's sitting there, and um, I say, Are you going to take your blanket? <laughs> she says, No. I say, I got two kids, yours and mine, right? So I pick that up, and then I go and I take all the name plates. am oh, so I to Hey, maybe my grandchildren sell one poncho. Me and I look over, and there's the chair of the president. And he has a glass of water. And he has the presidential seal on top of me. That's mine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I walk over. And I set that all in the chair. I put it in my pocket. <laughs> Details embarrassed. They're standing by me. But I'm right out by the podium, right? And everybody else is beginning to walk up and walk out. And here comes Paul walking up, right? Perfect foot. Paul and I are very close. I tell Paul, stop. I go, stop. I want to take your picture. I said, why do you want to take my picture? I said, because Beyonce's coming. And had you won, she wouldn't be here. All right? So, so she stops, and I ask her, and I take this picture? You know, and Walden and I didn't photo bomb it. And I'm a big Beyonce fan, right? And I'm standing out by the book and thinking, this is my moment. So I go to Beyonce and said, um, would you like your picture? Because there's all the crowd. When do you get a stand right there? You know, and she looks at Jay Z like, well, "Can I go out there?" Like, oh, I've got the power. <laughs> so she comes out. She stands by the podium. And I take this picture. Now, to be honest with you, I'm thinking she's got to give me her email address. <laughs> I never got the email. <laughs> but taking this picture, unbeknownst to me, I'm on TV. All right. They think it's a big deal that the Republican Whip would have an iPhone. I think for one, but <laughs> <laughs> would not think they be Beyonce. Mm-hmm. So when I go back and read them, I go from 65 followers to 5,000 followers to 11,000 followers. <laughs> 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 now I tell you that story because I can still communicate to 65 people about the pure things I agree with. or I can reach people that never thought about politics, talk to them about more if I add a little human nature to it. That's something we should all learn as we Right. It's what they, what people, think we are, and what we really are. So, anyways, I go back to my office. I put all this stuff down, right. And then you go and you go to Statuary Hall that luncheon. I, I, I'm only invited because I'm a member, otherwise. Okay. And and you walk in, you think, Am I really supposed to be here? Right? So you go and I'm trying to find my table. I, I didn't check ahead of time. And my table's right up front, the head table. And I'm right here, right. So I look over. You're looking at the nameplate, and there's Harry Reid and his wife. Chief Justice Roberts and his wife, Michelle's mother, Lou and his wife, Judy and I, and Bill and Hillary Clinton. Uh, outnumbered, but nice day. <laughs> <laughs> so I sit down. You know what Bill Clinton says to me? He goes, uh, you know, I'm really impressed you started your first business when you're 19 years old. I said, oh, thank you. We start talking some more. You know, Bill, talks about everything. Then he looks at me and goes, community college. Wasn't that your first elected office? Said, well, yeah, it was. He said, you know, if we ran government, put his hands in, the way we ran, the way we run community college, would be a lot better off? He said, well, yes, we yeah. And I'm thinking in my mind, the former president of the United States took more time to figure out who you was sitting, who you are sitting next to, who was the background, just to impress me, and it was freaking working on the <laughs> <laughs> So just then, right, Obama, was working the tables, and he was trying to get my ours, but then he had to go sit down. So I go to Bill. I said, "He skipped our table." You think that was because of you, or me? <laughs> 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 so I go to Bill I said, "Can I tell you a little secret?" I, say, I said, uh, "I want to tell you the advice I gave to the White House during the fiscal call He said, "As we're building up to it," I said, "This one night, of <coughs> GE he had this little dinner. And he invited some members of Congress and Senate and others. Um, Bacchus was there in the Senate. I was the House. Bernie was the White House. We had a different tables. And we were talking about like, what would it take to get to the Senate? I'm sitting there. I'm listening to Bacchus bring up the fight back with Bill Thomas. I wasn't even here. I don't know. What is, right? Jeez. And we were all going around pontificating. It got to the end of the night. And you've got you to kind of give one piece of advice to everyone. I said, well, my, my advice is to the White House. I said, every night don't tell me, and don't tell the press, but have Obama called Bill Clinton for 30 minutes. And they said, well, why would we do that? I said, well, Ronald Reagan's dead, but Bill Clinton's still alive. I said, because Bill Clinton came to an agreement with Bill Gingrich, his our general. And he came to that agreement on welfare reform, which his base told him not to touch. And by doing so, is one of the apparatuses where they actually balanced the budget, and they had more money. And they had a much more successful presidency because of it. And Bill Clinton, because kind of that, was, oh, no, he didn't. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't say, we can chill you. Like you? <laughs> 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 now, I tell you that story for I do believe divided government can still achieve things. I'm not one who says, you wait for the next election. Um, I do believe, though, Dealing with the White House, having not been a governor before, having been that state senator and U.S. senator, you get too much into the mindset of just politics. That one side has to win and one side has to lose. And it, it came very apparent to me. The president came to speak to us. And I get in trouble every time I make a quote about sometimes have been to the pressure and he yells at me. I'll do it again. Um, he comes to us in our conference. Lamar says. And I was excited he came to the conference. This is, this is good. We should do it more often. But the things that I walked away with, and all the things we talked about, he started off the conversation with um, Tom which I thought was positive. He said, uh, but it's not going to be easy because you, vote, you promised your voters things and I promised my voters things. I paused for a moment and said, I thought we were just all Americans. Talk about what you want to do. And then there was one other question where, Candace Miller asked him about it, it just got cut off the White House tours. Well, he first the Secret Service There was, but then he went through and he, he explained more how much he liked the White House tours. And he used this phrase. He goes, I like it so much. You know, I go down there so people can see me. I just thought from a perspective, we need to take a different look and approach these things. And I believe because the debt ceiling has moved back, and we're gonna do, we're in our first week here, but we're gonna do. Four weeks, one week break, and four more weeks. That eight-week window between right now can be one of our most productive. It can be focused legislation. You know what? There's a couple things that I recently read about. I don't know if you read the story in the Wall Street Journal. Lows of entrepreneurship in America. We're not going to get out of this mess unless we have people that want to take risks. I couldn't go create my daily today most Americans don't want to try. Why? And and when you really look at where society where we're (coughs) at, there's more cash on hand than at any time in America's history. You're holding it because of uncertainty. Uncertain about what your health care costs are going to be. Uncertainly about what regulatory is going to be. We can eliminate those. And if we eliminate those, we'll have the biggest stimulus with not one dollar ever being borrowed from government. We have a unique opportunity. We have the ability by 2020 to be energy independent. No one knows what government is doing. We are improving. If you watch what transpired in OPEC last week, they're worried about what's happening in America. Saudi wants to keep pumping, the others want to stop, make the price higher. Saudi says, no, but you know what? Saudi, Saudi's worry is if America gets to where they are, would they even care about our region? The world will look much different. <coughs> You're going to find a series legislation we deal with energy policy. You're going to find <laughs> us moving forward on tax reform. You're going to find us dealing with the farm bill, with um, with immigration. Now, I'll tell you this. If you look at Congress and you want to judge us based upon the past Congresses, cannot. you cannot. If you want to equate it, if you try to move a free trade bill in the past Congresses, Mike and everybody else said they had to have a little boat open for a long time and that worked to work forever. We passed three Free trade bills in one day, and we didn't need one Democrat vote to make it pass. That would have been unbelievable in the past. But you try to pass a farm bill. Half of my conference has been here less than four years. Sixty percent of the entire Congress has been less than eight years. So bills are supposed to come up every five years, don't think it's routines. So what you have to do, you have to walk through listing sessions so people understand the bill. But I feel from a couple different perspectives. We're in a stronger position, our window is right, and the opportunity is there. Now, there are a lot of scandals out there. Having the scandals, uh, from my perspective, is not about a scandal. It's about the idea of trust in government. There's one thing that this country has continued to fall and fall. We don't even trust who we bank with. You know what? Do you know who your neighbors are? In the old days, you'd all know who your neighbors are because you'd be out there playing with them. It goes to the core of America. Can we trust it And I think if you haven't watched Mike Kelly questioning IRS, this guy is fantastic because he's not spirited. it's directly from the heart. And if there's an opportunity as all Americans to bring greater transparency, but to build a trust level to stand say, yeah, this was wrong and this is what we corrected. And I think the way ways and means and others are going, it's not a partisan way, and it shouldn't be. But we shouldn't put this under the rug. We need to make sure we correct this once and for all. And we're not doing it by any political basis. Just drive for the information and clean it up and make it correct. I think from those different perspectives, you've got a unique opportunity to make the next century of the American century more time. Thank you very much.